Hey, I'm Natasha Crane. And I'm Elisa Childers. Welcome to Unshaken Faith, where we equip you to live your Christian faith boldly in a chaotic culture. Welcome back to our new season. So much has happened since we went on hiatus over the summer, and we're going to talk about it today. We're talking drag queens going number one on Christian iTunes, a guy from the country going viral with a modern-day protest song, the Barbie movie, Taylor Swift era's tour, and Christianity Today praising Barbie and Taylor Swift for bringing us all together while panning the country guy for dissing welfare. Oh my goodness, so many things. But first, we have some exciting announcements. And instead of our typical tips of the week today, we are going to be giving you our favorite negative feedback. In other words, negative feedback left on our posts and our podcasts. We think it's important to not take yourself too seriously and to interact with the negative comments that people have. So Natasha, you've got some exciting announcements for us. Yeah, well, our next Unshaken conference is next week. It's hard to believe it. It's finally mm. here, but we are so excited about it. Elisa Frank Turek and I will be speaking in Tucson, Arizona on September 23rd. It's not too late to get tickets. So if you can get to Tucson, you will not want to miss this day of equipping the body of Christ to engage boldly with culture. You can get all the details and tickets at unshakenconference.com. And don't forget, we'll be coming to Nashville on November 4th, and those tickets are also available now. Well, that brings me to my favorite piece of negative feedback from the summer because it was actually in response to our Unshaken conference in Chino Hills. So what we do after these Unshaken conferences is send out a survey to everyone who attended and just kind of trying to ask people for some feedback on what did you like, what could be improved, all those kinds of things. And then we get this feedback sent to us. So I was going through the feedback from the Chino Hills conference and looking at the suggestions for improvement. And what I see is this comment, here's my suggestion suggestion. Don't start with Natasha Crane. <laughs> that, that was how this started. And I, and what they mean is I am the first person who speaks at the conference. So I kind of open up the day and they're saying, don't start with her. And so I immediately felt so offended and I thought, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I'm a horrible speaker. They're saying, get her off the stage or put her later in the day or something. It was, it was mortifying. But then I kept reading this comment and it goes on to say, basically, don't start with Natasha Crane because her statistics are too depressing. As Christians, we need to focus on the positive. This is the essence mm. of this comment. And so I just thought that was so funny because, you know, as Christians, we need to be prepared to understand the current cultural situation, to know where we are, uh, you know, in terms of the percent of people having a biblical worldview being so low. That's what I was talking about that they were referring to. And then we can respond to that. So now what I do is I take that piece of feedback and I've been actually incorporating it into my talks and telling audiences about it and saying, you know, some people don't like this. Some people don't want to hear about the negative stuff first, but here's why it's important so we can have an accurate diagnosis of the situation before we go on to address what we need to do next. So that was my That's favorite good. piece of negative feedback. How about you, Elisa? Oh, man. See, I thought when you first said it that the, he was meaning like, oh, don't even get me started about Natasha Crane. Like like it was <laughs> nope, like, don't no. even get me started. No. <laughs> so he just didn't want you to start. Exactly. A literal start. Right. Yes. Well, I think a lot of Christian media has trained us to just everything has to be positive and safe and yeah. safe for the whole family, that whole thing. So it's probably like he's like, wait, this isn't my positive experience. But uh, OK, so my favorite 
negative feedback is actually neutral feedback. And the reason it just cracks me up so much because typically when I get a negative comment, it is nasty. I mean, people are so mean. They just call me all sorts of names. They say all sorts of mean things. So I'm so used to people either saying, oh, I love this. Thank you so much. Or I hate you. You're awful. (laughs) So this guy, I guess it's a guy, I don't know, over the summer left this feedback on my podcast. He left me four stars, not five. And it just says this earnestly trying, but as with everything should be taken with a grain of salt. (laughs) And I just want to say to whoever this is, thank you from the bottom of my heart, because that comment has brought me more joy over the summer, just because it's so different. I never get neutral, just like meh, whatever. She's all right. I literally have tears in my eyes right now. Earnestly trying. (laughs) Earnestly trying. This is the best feedback ever. I love it. No, I'm so happy that somebody is just kind of like neutral about there's like, meh, whatever. They're recognizing that you're giving your best. That's I'm trying really hard. And I am. So thank you for that. (laughs) All right. So today we're tackling all things Barbie, Swift, country and Christianity today. Uh, So let's start with some recent commentary from Christianity Today that actually praised Barbie and Taylor Swift for bringing us together. So Natasha, how did this messaging hit you? What do you think about that? Well, so this article was called Barbie and Taylor Swift are bringing us together. And the subtitle was beyond hot pink and bejeweled outfits, they showcase a deeper desire for community and collective joy. Now, if you're assuming the best of a Christian publication, you might think that this article would maybe use these cultural phenomena to demonstrate that people do deeply desire community, and therefore we as the church need to take that felt need and help people come together around truth. You know, saying something like, how much more important is it to gather around truth than a problematic movie and a pop singer? But alas, it's Christianity today, which has just become Mm. increasingly more and more secularized over the last few years. They're trying. (laughs) They're earnestly trying. earnestly trying. (laughs) They are earnestly trying, but um, it's just not working. So instead, what you get is this really bizarre article that celebrates the community experience in and of itself that has formed around Taylor Swift and the Barbie movie, as if community is the end goal. So the author says, for example, she's talking about how her kids just loved all of this. And she says, my kids are in on these female identified celebrations of what it means to be human together. This is just such a strange thing to say that this is what it means to be human together. Celebrating something with a group defines what it means to be human together. I mean, does the content you're grouping around matter at all? Think of like a pagan festival like Burning Man, for example. Does that count in defining what it means to be human? Well, of course not, because community in and of itself is not a moral good. But that's what this article misses completely. It's this very secular viewpoint. And it actually ends by saying this, quote, kids want communal meaning. So I'm going to keep hoping, hoping that maybe what they want is the body of Christ. Elisa, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know how this can end up in a Christian publication. I mean, to think that if kids want to go to a Taylor Swift concert, that means that you should just hold out some hope that they're going to be want to be part of this other big group yeah. of people like the body of Christ is just a wild connection. I mean, we're not comparing groups of people and saying, hey, we hope they're going to be part of our group. We should want our kids to want truth and want Jesus first and foremost as an outflow of that to be part of the body of Christ. It's not, hey, we're just hoping that they're going to be on our team, our big group of people. So it's a very bizarre article, but I think it just shows so much about where Christianity today is that they are going to write an article like this, that we're really celebrating everyone's coming together 
you know, or a collective joy around Barbie yeah. and Taylor Swift. So very crazy to me. But speaking of Barbie, you reviewed the Barbie movie on your podcast. So what did you think about it? I just mentioned it as a problematic movie. Yeah. So maybe explain what you thought about that and why some people, yeah. including us, would find it problematic. Right. So I watched the Barbie movie and I really hated it the first time I saw it. I, I just hated it. Um, I found myself wanting to take breaks and just like walk away from it for a minute and come back because it was so, to me, such a feminist um, sort of propaganda piece. In fact, they even say the word patriarchy at least a dozen, a dozen times in the movie and there's no balance between the sexes. There's only competition. And, and really the main point of it at the end is that, you know, men need to not be in charge and women need to be in charge. And maybe one day in Barbie land, the men will have the same rights as, as the women do in the real world, which, um, in the real world, as is depicted in the movie, women are very oppressed. So it really was kind of like this angry feminist, um, diatribe I, I thought. And so I, I went and watched it again, Natasha. I went and saw it again just to make sure. Cause I know some people disagreed with that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to keep an open mind and maybe I was wrong about it. I'm going to just, I'm going to try to see what everybody, you know, not everybody, but some people are seeing in it. And I actually felt more strongly the second time that I saw it, that I was right, at least that I had perceived it correctly, um, as a feminist diatribe, um, now I did enjoy it more the second time. I was able to enjoy the story of it more and some of the humor a little more simply because I wasn't so tense wondering what was going to come next. I knew what was coming next, <laughs> but, um, but it's really interesting. And, and the thing that stood out to me the second time, even more than the first time is there's this monologue that, um, America Ferreira gives where she talks about what it's like to be a woman under the patriarchy. And she's talking about, you know, things like you, you have to be thin, but you can't be too thin. You don't want to outdo the, the other women, but you have to stand out. And I even related with a few of the things she was saying, but if we have those fallen desires and those instincts, it's not because of the patriarchy, it's because of our sin nature. And so I think even that was kind of a pinnacle of the movie saying, look, everything that's wrong with the world and wrong with women is meant in patriarchy. So I really didn't care for the Barbie movie that much. Um, but, you know, I wanted to comment too on what you were talking about as far as Christianity today and how it ties into everything. There seems to be this constant hand wringing over what culture thinks about us as Christians. And of course, I think we we are supposed to be salt and light um, and we we should not be jerks and we should be persuasive and winsome and all of those things. But there's this hand wringing like, oh, if we act like Christians, then culture is not going to like us. So let's see what we can like about culture, say something really positive about it, and then try to find the gospel in it. And I just think that's, a, that's, that's not going to be an effective way to win people over because ultimately, yeah, sure, kids are craving community. They're craving that sense of belonging. But that's not why we share the gospel so that they can have a group to belong to. We share the gospel because we are sinners in desperate need of a savior. And we will never find deep abiding joy unless we align with our purpose, which is being in relationship with Jesus. And so um, th this to me is something that I, I'm starting to see more and more with some of the bigger Christian platforms where they're sort of leaning to the left and my friend John Cooper says, lean left, punch right. So it's like doctrinally, they might still check all the, the right boxes, but it's like they don't want to be seen as being this quote unquote conservative Christian. And I don't know, you know, maybe that's the case for some and not for all. But this really stood out to me in the Oliver Anthony piece that Christianity Today wrote. And it the, the 
title of the post is Oliver Anthony's Viral Hit Doesn't Love Its Neighbors. Now, everybody's probably heard this song by now, Rich Men North of Richmond. And um, the subtitle of this piece by Christianity Today says that this song is disdainful toward people on welfare and Christians shouldn't be. Well, the I actually think that's a total misunderstanding of what the song says. I mean, if you agree with the song or you disagree with the song, there's a line in the song where he says this, Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat. And the obese milk in welfare, well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not pay for your bags of fudge rounds. So obviously he's not saying that welfare is wrong in and of itself. It's people taking advantage of welfare or manipulating the system or using it you know, for, for bad purposes. And so it's, it's really strange that of all of the songs that Christianity today could criticize Cardi B, my goodness, things that are absolutely rotting our culture, they would choose to to criticize this song. And by the way, Oliver Anthony, as far as I understand is not said he's, I don't think he has said he's Republican or, I mean, this is a song everybody should be relating to at least here and there about freedom. That's what it makes America what we are. Yeah, it's funny because he did so many interviews after that song got popular and he just kept saying like, you know, I'm apolitical. Like people keep using right. me for their their own agendas here. But he's like, ah, this isn't even what I was talking about. Um, he's basically saying, you know, the whole system is messed up. People are genuinely going hungry and then other people are taking advantage of it. So he's like, everything's broken. Politicians are bad. Everybody. But, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, it's, it's, so, it's so hypocritical that Christianity Today is cherry picking this one song to come out against because because you have that article that we were talking about before with the Barbie and Taylor Swift. And so they're talking about how community is so great and we need to hope that, you know, people want more community like that, but they're not happy about the community that formed around the Oliver Anthony uh, hit, right? right. <laughs> That's, That's not okay. Right. <laughs> That's not an okay kind of community because now, you know, they think that he's criticizing welfare. So it's just kind of this weird hypocrisy. It's a beautiful thing for the, the country to gather around Taylor Swift and Barbie, but not around the guy that they think has conservative views, even though it turns out that he doesn't necessarily. So it really does show the political motivations behind so much of what Christianity Today is doing. And it's uh, it's almost certainly going to continue like that because you have Russell Moore, who is the editor-in-chief now, and he very much is of that persuasion, like you said, of, of always punching to the right. And he has, I, I read his new best-selling book, um, I think it's called Losing Our Religion, An Alter, mm-hmm. Alter Call for Evangelical America. I hope I'm getting that right. Um, but I read the book, and there, it's really... Um, just like the Andy Stanley book that we talked about before, not in it to win it, and really just warning uh, conservative Christians in every way about how we're getting lost and that, you know, if we're looking toward politics to be our savior, you know, that's really problematic. Of course, of course, we all agree with that, right? We're not looking to it, politics to be our savior, but he really, it's just a very, very bitter book. And so you get a feel for where mm. Christianity Today is almost certainly going to go from here. But um, moving on from that, speaking of strange hypocrisy, there's another headline this summer that was a drag queen going number one on Christian iTunes. Uh, this was a singer, but who goes by the name of Flamey Grant. <laughs> I have to, you know, give him credit for some creativity there, I guess. It's a great name. Um, yeah. it, it is. But many Christians were really disheartened by this. People were up in arms. It was kind of the end of the world. But Elisa, you posted a reel on Instagram where you explained that this is not actually that big of a deal. Explain why. Right. So, okay. Flamey Grant made a song uh, that he put in the Christian genre on iTunes. Now, 
All you have to do to be in the Christian genre on, on iTunes is select the genre of Christian when you upload your music to iTunes. So if some massive star put Christian as their genre, they would no doubt be the number one quote unquote Christian artist because that's the genre they selected. And so what this really tells me is that it was a marketing move. They wanted to be in the Christian genre because they're trying to reclaim that for this LGBTQ activism. So they selected the Christian genre. And of, of course, it's no surprise that they were able to mobilize a lot of people to go down download the song, it sends it up to number one on the Christian charts. Um, but there's really no oversight on that. There's no vetting that would say, well, this, this is a Christian song or this isn't. You just merely have to select the category. So the drag thing on I, iTunes, I don't think that's a, a huge deal because again, all you have to do is select the genre. But I do think we can expect to see more of that even in the actual CCM uh, industry. And just so people know, it's the same thing when you talk about book publishing. I mean, book publishers publish all kinds of materials and um, that, you know, th that's something that people don't realize. A lot of times you, you go into a different Christian bookstore and you think, oh, everything here is Christian the way that I would define Christian, but it's not at all. You have to be so uh, discerning today when you look at any book and anything that's labeled Christian. I mean, <laughs> go to Barnes and Noble and look at the quote unquote Christian section. It's amazing what you will find in there. Mm. So everywhere you go, it it really comes down to that. And even if you're an author, you know, your publisher is going to select what categories your book goes in. So if you look on Amazon under different categories, for example, to see how books are ranked, you'll see all kinds of stuff mixed in there that you may or may not consider to fit within a Christian label genuinely. So bottom line is don't get, um, don't get too crazy. If you see some weird things showing up when it comes to content being published, whether it's in music or if it's in books or anything else, it's just the nature of all of this that you get to select where your content fits. There's no kind of <laughs> overarching king of content who gets to say that this is theologically accurate or not. Um, you know, I think that we've both been really happy that with our publishers as being companies that are committed um, to publishing quality content within the, the historic Christian faith. So there are yeah. some left who are like that, um, but definitely not all. So it's just something to be aware of. Well, thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lisa Childers podcast and the Natasha Crane podcast for more long form episodes where we go deeper into topics like these. For now, let's remember that as Christians, we have a firm foundation to stand on that, as Psalm 62 puts it, is our rock and salvation, our fortress where we will never be shaken. Mm -hmm.